Hey everyone, you're listening to The Real Deal. Thanks for joining me. I'm here with my good friend and ex-coworker, Phil. Phil, thanks for joining. Thanks for having me on, Maria. Yeah. Excited to be here. Yeah, I'm so glad that you wanted to do this. I'm pretty sure I say that line every single time I do a podcast, so sorry, <laughs> listeners, <laughs> if I do that. Um, I am grateful because this is not an easy thing. Um, you have an interesting story because... I feel like your mission in life is to save the world. And I feel like if anyone's going to do it or come close to it, that's it's Phil, right? Well, Uh I think (laughs) (laughs) I would I I would say that was my goal just outright when I was in like junior high, high school. I just I knew it wasn't even I thought I knew I was going to save the world at some point in some way. And I kind of when I was younger, I was like. I'm just going to invent something that completely solves the energy crisis. <laughs> and nice. we no longer need oil because I'm going to invent this new renewable energy technology that's just going to outright save the world in one one go. Um, so at a young age, yeah. you knew what your purpose in life was? Um, I w- so the story is when I was 14, freshman in high school, I did a report on climate change. But we called it global warming back then. I'm not sure when that switch happened where we started calling it climate change. Yeah. But I did a report on global warming. Sure. And it was the first time I really discovered all the stuff that we do to the planet. Yeah. And we did like a a verbal report or like we presented to the class. And I had so much backlash from the rest of my classmates. Oh, wow. And it was like the first, I was a super shy kid. The first time that I presented in front of a class and I was super confident in what I was presenting. Yeah. And also um, when people responded to me, and I always say like the cool kids, air quotes, Air cool quotes, kids, yeah, air quotes were you. Responded to me. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't, it didn't phase me. Yeah. I was like strong and no, the data is here. Like this is going to happen if yeah. we continue on the path we're on. And all of a sudden I realized this thing I knew nothing about a week earlier. All of a sudden yeah. I was super passionate about it. Yeah. And that's kind of when it clicked for me. Yeah. And that's when I went from like wanting to be uh architect or something like that to like focusing on something with saving the world. Yeah. From I- the climate change crisis. Right. I'm kind of surprised that 14-year-olds had such a strong opinion against that. Well, Who, it was really like, parents. What? Oh, okay. It was like, well, I grew up in the Houston area, which, I mean, we're in Austin now. Houston's much more conservative. Mm. And it was more like the parents of people, like their parents watched Fox News or whatever, and it said, this is just a liberal <laughs> hoax, climate change. Yeah. So then they just relayed what their parents said. But that's what I'm assuming, at least. Because like okay. when you're 13, you're not doing your own I was going to say, there's no way. I yeah. had no idea. I think actually in high school, I didn't know anything about global warming or climate change, um, which we now call it climate change because, well, actually, Phil, you could probably answer this better, but because weather just becomes more extreme, so it gets colder and colder places. Well, yeah, it's climate change because it's not just, it's the average temperature is of the globe is warming, which is global warming. Right. But- Global warming got a lot of criticism because mm-hmm. people would say, oh, that, that average temperature shifts the climate yeah. to where there's different climate patterns, which yeah. could make it colder right. one year. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't, uh, I didn't expect really, I don't usually like to get into politics during my podcast, but I think everyone at this point understands what, uh, mm, I mean, your last question on your last podcast. Yeah. Well, it was, uh, it was vague. (laughs) (laughs) Dimitri answered it in a very eloquent, eloquent way. Exactly. Um, but what I was going to say um, in high school, I watched this documentary. Why do I not remember the name? Is um, it the Al Gore one? Yes, it was Al Gore. It was Al Gore. And I remember um, that was the first time that I personally was uh, taken by climate change mm-hmm. or like knew about it, but then also felt passionate about it. Um, and I remember talking to people about it. And people would, again, if I'm like, I'd go over to my boyfriend's house and they're conservative and I would bring it up and then the parents would chime in and be like, oh, well, Al Gore, that guy, yeah. you know, and it well, turned, it didn't help that he ran for president. So no, against Bush, so. It, it didn't. But at the same time, it was just kind of like, why? I didn't understand why people were making it political when facts are facts. Yeah. And uh, like, I don't give a crap who gave the who did the documentary and gave the presentation i it doesn't fucking matter because i felt i felt his facts were quite valid and there's tons of research and blah blah blah. that's another topic to discuss but uh people would make fun of me for quoting the al gore documentary and i'm just kind of like i i don't understand why you're but why though you're just writing this off because al gore gave it like that doesn't make any sense but whatever yeah it's definitely a whole, whole <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole nother segment and i'm sure some people are still not gonna like that but whatever it's fine uh anyways so at what point this is kind of jumping a little bit but at what point did you become vegan yeah that's a that's a big jump but really the whole saving the world thing and mindset which eventually shifted to like i just want to be i just want to make like do my part basically that's yeah. all really anyone can do like yeah. there's only a handful of elon musk in the world and i know you don't like him but <laughs> there's only a handful of people that are going to do all these crazy things that everyone hears about yeah. but really all we can do as individuals is like do our part absolutely um, like do the best we can with the knowledge that we have yeah um and that's really what happened with me um going vegan uh it was probably a year after i grabbed it was not even a year it was like four months after I graduated from college. Oh, okay. And literally at, at the job that I was at, I was like so miserable. I was working like 13 hour days. And um, all I would do is go to work all day and then go home, watch Netflix for an hour and a half and then pass out. Like that's all I would do. Yeah. And then one day I just, for whatever reason, was like scrolling through documentaries, trying to watch something different than like the same old like sitcom or whatever. Yeah. And... I saw one called Cowspiracy, which is about the environmental impacts of animal agriculture. Mm. But I mean, with the name and the picture that was on it, yeah. I had no idea what it was. I was like, I didn't know idea what oh. it was actually talking about. And okay. it like slowly, it starts out with like the guy riding the bike saying like, I'm an environmentalist and I try to lower my impact on the planet by like riding my bike to work. But then yeah. I found out that that has... a significantly lower negative impact on the planet like cars yeah. and animal ag- agriculture does and right. i like, got sucked into it 
Yeah. And then there was one point I was literally eating breakfast sausage and eggs for dinner. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I was watching it. Yeah. This is great. And <laughs> the vegan story. And I was eating that and then got to a point in the movie where there's a guy who grew up. Um, I don't know if he grew up a dairy farmer or a cattle rancher. Yeah. But he found out about all the environmental impacts and turned vegan. And like he wrote a book called like the vegan rancher or some something like that interesting and yeah. i related to that because i grew up on a ranch with animals like come a country boy roots yeah. and i related to the guy and then at one point he says um there's no way to be an environmentalist and eat meat yeah and he went on to explain why that's true and literally when he said it Mm-hmm. And then the next like couple of minutes of him explaining why he said it and why he believes that, I got up from my couch, walked to the trash can, dumped the remaining food. I mean, it was already bought. It didn't make. It was more like right. a symbolic act for me. Yeah, right. But I dumped that food in there. Yeah. Went into my fridge, threw away all the meat in my fridge. Yeah. Sat back down and finished the movie. Mm. Then I, my sister, has been an on and off vegetarian her entire life. Mm-hmm. Called her up, was like. Or like maybe I face I probably Facebooked her. Who calls people these days? Facetimed. Yeah. Probably just hit her up on Facebook. Oh. Uh, okay. It was 2015. Facebook was still relevant. Oh. Okay. <laughs> and it made I was just sense. like, she was she was been on and off vegetarian, but at this point she was vegetarian, trying to yeah. go vegan, and like oh, she was okay. having troubles. Mm-hmm. And I just messaged her. I was like, I'm vegan. And I literally <laughs> trolled her two days earlier about. She was like, I'm trying to go vegan, and I was like, I was like. Well, Why? fish are plant-based or something. Right. I was like saying something like cows are plant-based. They eat plants. Right. They're based on plants or something. Something yeah. stupid. The same kind of comments I get now. Yeah. Um, I had said like two days earlier. That's so funny. And I was funny. like, oh, I'm vegan now. And literally the Boo. next day, hung out with a friend, ordered like a veggie burger, and they accidentally put cheese on the salad because I yeah. didn't know to ask for that. Yeah. That was the last time I – and I chose to just eat the salad anyways. Yeah. That was the last time I knowingly consumed animal products. Right. That was September of 2015. So I cold turkey, which I don't recommend. And I don't think yeah, most people sounds... can do it. Yeah. I had a lot of, it, it was a lot of struggle for like three months. Yeah. Or really six, probably longer than that. Of yeah. like figuring out my body over again. That's fresh so and interesting. New. Yeah. Like I got sick because oh, wow. my body is so used to a certain diet and I yeah. cold turkey changed it. Yeah. Ironic, cold turkey, ironically. <laughs> and the poor turkey. Yeah, so it was a struggle for a while, but like once I figured it out, it was just by the time I figured out the diet to where I didn't feel bad anymore. Yeah. All of a sudden I like had all this energy and everything and I just it just became normal. Like yeah. people ask me, Do I miss stuff or anything? It's like I don't miss it. I don't it's just this is my normal life now. It only takes yeah. thirty days to create a habit. Yeah. And I'm three years in, so Yeah. <laughs> those what? habits are long created. What's the name of that documentary that you watched? Cowspiracy. Cowspiracy. It's still on Ooh, Netflix. Love it. I will watch that. I remember... Um, you'd be so proud of me. Actually, I was thinking about it. I just went grocery shopping before this. Mm, I'll tell you the good part first. <laughs> I bought... I didn't realize that everything in my shopping, in my bag, was technically vegan. Fruit, vegetables. I got plantain chips. Mm-hmm. It's all vegan, <clears throat> but I did have barbecue earlier today, which is not good. But I was just like impressed with myself. Like, oh, no, this is totally accidental veganism. 
Yeah, a little yeah. bit. I was kind of proud of it. Um, but I probably shouldn't be because I did have barbecue. Anyways, moving on. That wasn't my point. Um, um, I think it's interesting. We're so far, as in like America, so far from any other country that we don't experience other cultural ways of eating, if that mm-hmm. makes any sense. Um, and so changing our diet is like what what do you well what would you what else are you gonna eat yeah like meat is a part Mm -hmm. honestly if you if you thought about it maybe not you phil but if anyone thought about it um you probably you eat meat probably every single day and you at least have it for two meals a day if you're eating three um that would be like a really good guess and i say that kind of from experience because i remember in i think i was in college i watched a documentary also on Netflix, not, again, not really knowing what it was about, not really caring. It just looked good. It looked like a good documentary. And I was like, all right, cool. Um, I'm on a flight back from Denver. I'm going to watch it, whatever. And I watched it and it was basically same concept about how eating meat is detrimental to the environment and like all this gas that it creates, literally. And (laughs) yeah, exactly. Nothing. Like it's terrible. Um, but I remember watching that and being like, uh, uh, so so the difference I think between, so it sounds like you became a vegan based off environmental, but it 100%. also turned, it turned Later. into yeah. um, you caring about the animals. So I wouldn't say it turned into me. I've always cared about animals. And like, yeah. I kind of criticize people about that now. <clears throat> like saying like, oh, I, I, it's not like, I say like, oh, I love animals, but I mm-hmm. eat them. Which yeah. is like a criticism that, that vegans have and I would have to of people that say that. But it's not really a like, oh, like that's stupid. You shouldn't say that. It's more of just like educating people like, hey, if you really love animals, why do you eat them? Mm-hmm. It's not really like a, I try to not make it like a judgmental thing because that's how I was. Yeah. I Like I said, I grew up on a ranch, but we had all types of animals. My dad was kind of obsessed with going to exotic animal auctions. Oh, wow. And just getting ra- like he would take me out of school and we'll go <laughs> buy an ostrich. Oh, like, wow. Straight up. That's what we yeah. did. Like, we had an ostrich. We had emus, mm-hmm. which are like smaller ostriches. Yeah. We had horses, cows, uh, deer, chickens, pigs, you ducks. Ate, yeah. We had all that. Yeah. And we, as kids, we played with all the animals. Like, we had goats. We played yeah. with them. We looked at them the same. We yeah. had, like, pet pigs. Yeah. Um, we always viewed animals that way. And I think that's why my sister was vegetarian, like, on and off growing up. Okay. Um. And we can kind of segue this into something else. That's, I say the next part. The reason uh, I didn't go that way was yeah. because it's not manly to not oh. eat animals. Like you, it's kind of okay. like a dominance over animals. And like guys are like, like vegan guys get a lot of criticism or like yeah. flack huh. from people of like, oh, like you're scrawny, like whatever. You don't eat meat. Like meat is manly. Like oh, that's a wow. whole thing. That's a yeah. whole part of our like. Uh, masculine upbringing in America that people would call toxic. Right. We're definitely going to talk about that, but we're going to bring it back. Yeah, I'll finish this. this, Yeah. uh, But, um, so, yeah, we always had animals. I always loved animals, like had different, I never just saw cats and dogs as the animals I love and like everything else is Mm -hmm. food. I Mm -hmm. never had that mindset growing up. Obviously, I saw certain things as food, but I really just detached the, what's on my plate from the actual yeah animal. because which I grew is up what with those animals everyone does and loved them 
Uh, who isn't vegan or yeah. vegetarian. So really for me, it was like the environmental thing was definitely why I went vegan. Mm-hmm. Um, the health I never really cared about. I had seen health documentaries about going vegetarian before yeah. this documentary. It didn't impact me enough to like do anything about it. Gotcha. Um, the thing that clicked with the animals was that I didn't realize I was detached. And like a lot of people, I didn't realize I was detaching what was on my plate from the actual animal. Yeah. Until I watched Earthlings, which is the oh, documentary God. showing what humans have done to animals uh. in like our history. And it's like one of those ones where it just makes you feel really bad to be a person. Yep. <laughs> like just yep. it's a guilt trip movie. It's but not, it's like all things that we all contribute blessed, to. And then yeah. I realized like, I love animals. Like, I don't want to be a part of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that just doubled down. And like, now I would say that's the reason. I would say I went vegan from environmental reasons. I yeah. stayed vegan. Oh, okay. Animals. Okay, that's well, yeah, that's well put. That makes because sense. Because always when it's environmental, you can turn into what's called now flexitarian, which like I eat fish every once in a while, I eat chicken every once in a while, but I try to reduce my meat and dairy Ooh. intake it's called a flexitarian and that's a lot of times for environmental reasons or health oh. reasons but when you make it about the animals all of a sudden yeah. that's not an option yeah yeah so. that's so i guess that's what i became a flexitarian mm-hmm. so after i watched that documentary i to me i was like all right i'm not gonna buy any more meat i'll go if i go out to dinner yeah. and it's a nice restaurant uh on Unfortunate for the animal and unfortunate for vegans. I love the taste of red meat. Uh, mm, that's not true. I used to love the taste of red meat. Loved it. So I was like, no, like I can't, I can't take it out completely. Mm-hmm. And so if I go to a steakhouse, like I'm ordering the filet. I'm gonna do it. But I, in order to help the environment, I will no longer buy meat. Mm-hmm. And what you were saying about your body changing, oh, I remember it vividly. And I remember the first week struggling so hard because i for one my body was craving it i was used to eating it and i didn't realize that i was eating it for the majority of my meals every single day so i was starving myself for the first week because i was like i don't know what what do i i don't know what to eat and then for the first month um the first month was a was like uh, was really hard and then it it eventually got a little bit easier kind of like you were saying like the three month mark but for sure the the first week and the first month were solid struggle i didn't know what to eat i was craving it i felt weird i felt like i was starving myself um at the same time uh i had also noticed um i was also getting really bad uh acid reflux and heartburn really when you gave up meat. No, oh. not when I gave up meat. Whenever you ate it whenever, a few times. Whenever I ate it. And I didn't understand mm-hmm. what it was. At first, I thought it was bread because I used to Central Market buy a bagel every single day and that's yeah. my breakfast. And so then I cut that out and it wasn't doing it. And I finally figured out that it's specific to red meat. I can eat chicken and I'm fine. Um, I, at this point in my life, I can probably only eat meat like maybe once or twice a week, and and I'm I'm okay with it as far as white meat. Mm-hmm. But when I eat red meat, oh, so terrible. I had really bad acid reflux, and yeah. my excuse was it runs in the family. Like, yeah, my dad well, has acid no reflux. Idea. My mom has reflux. Like it's a it's a genetic thing. Can't do anything yeah. about it. Yeah, I have I have not had bad acid reflux in the past three years. Yeah, and I've only had acid reflux. Mm-hmm. and drinking too much alcohol 
Yep. Yep. And spicy foods right before bed. Those are the only yeah. times I get acid reflux. Yep. And I'll tell you the reason it's red meat for you. Red meat's mm-hmm. more acidic. Oh, okay. Um, alcohol super acidic, oil super acidic, and then like oh, spicy foods. Right. Tomatoes are acidic. Yeah. Um, so like all those things can give you acid reflux. Hmm. Um, dairy is also super acidic. So like in terms of health, the yeah. best thing you can do for your health mm-hmm. is to either greatly reduce or cut out red meat and dairy first. Yeah. Most acidic foods, I like. Obviously, I'm not a nutritionist, but they're very unhealthy. Um, World Health Organization has said red meat and uh, processed meats are, um, what is it, like type 2 cancerous, like same as cigarettes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. carcinogenic. Uh, Carcinogenics, yeah. Yep, 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 you're right. I've looked that up, actually, because I was like, wait, what? (laughs) It's on there. It's on the website. So more than, uh, obviously, the cholesterol is a big thing with with meat and dairy, but more than that, like acidic. Yeah. Like getting your body more alkaline will make you feel better. Joints are going to feel better. Yeah. Your digestive system is going to feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a big thing. But uh, going back to, to what you said of like, you didn't realize you ate meat yeah. like three times a day. Yeah. And like what a, the same with me and with the way a lot of people like go about diet and a lot of other aspects of their life is just unconsciously. Yeah. They're just, I've always done it. It's just a habit. I yeah. just do it. And like they don't think about it. Yeah. Beyond that. Yeah. And like what... A big struggle for environmentalists, like recruiting more people (laughs) and like a struggle for us initially is breaking habits and creating new ones Yeah, and being conscious about all, like really all environmentalism is, is being conscious about all the decisions we make and how they impact others and the planet. Right. And like, that's a hard shift to make initially for sure. Like if you live your life mostly unconsciously by habit, which a lot of people do, what I did until I was... 20 something even after i cared about the environment i still muchly like muchly that's not a word <laughs> mostly <laughs> lived my life unconsciously yeah and i'll i'll tell you going vegan mm-hmm. was the consciousness shift for me yeah where i started making con- like through making conscious decisions about my diet for the environment i opened myself up to make all different types of conscious decisions yeah um, so that greatly impacted me spiritually it impacted me in terms of being an environmentalist it impacted my relationships all of it and i can i can take it all back mostly to the veganism yeah and i don't know how what order you want to take this conversation i've got a few questions before you move on okay but yeah yeah. i can i can trace it back to veganism and i can trace it back to an event shortly before going vegan that i think made the switch to veganism much easier for me you had a crazy spiritual and like mental. you had a crazy trip right accidental an accidental trip whoa okay we're gonna we're gonna get to that but i have i have a few questions okay um i was having lunch with um a vegan person one time and i had i'm not vegan and i wanted a turkey sandwich Mm -hmm. and i remember asking her oh one i don't know how to navigate that situation but I remember asking her, like, oh, would you be offended if I yep. if I got this turkey sandwich? Yep. Uh, she said no verbally, but the look on her face was pure yep. disgust. And I felt so uncomfortable. But at the same time, like, I'm not on that level. So I was kind of – I felt terrible, but, but my pride is a little offended, <laughs> I guess. So, like, how do you so, feel? 100% I relate to that girl yeah. whoever it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say, and oddly enough, 
I still get this pretty regularly from people close to me. Yeah. Like my girlfriend uh-huh. <laughs> literally says it almost every, every time. time she eats meat. Like, okay. are you going to be upset Yeah. if I eat this? Are you? And it's the same. I'm going to say it's, I, I usually, I would say. Don't guilt trip us. I, I usually do it in a more condescending manner, probably, oh, where God. I say like, it's your decision. <laughs> you sound like such a parent. I'm not going to say that I approve of it. Yeah. But it's your decision. I right. don't say, yeah, it's fine. Cause right. Because it's not. Of it. Yeah. So I say it's your decision, but I don't like I'm not going to say that I approve of it, but do yeah. what you want. Right. Um, yeah. And then I would also have that probably I probably have that same look on my face. Because you don't um, want her. Well, I don't want I want anyone to do it. And like if I'm not, it's almost like asking the question forces me to think about it. And what I would tell you a lot of vegans do, mm-hmm. um, we call it like vegan dystopia. I think there's another word. There's like a stupid word for it, like dystopia or something. Okay. But it's like this thing <laughs> where we live in this dystopic universe where all around us, people are doing things that we find like just absolutely horrid. Absurd. Yeah. Yeah. And we ignore it in order uh-huh. to get through our days. Yeah. So really in you asking if mm-hmm. it's okay. Like, we would have just ignored it otherwise. So we didn't oh. have to think about it. But you asking, is this going to be offensive to you? Or is like, is this okay that I'm doing it? Means I have to consciously yeah. see what you're ordering. Think about that animal's life. And then okay. you deciding to, to pay for, like, Killing the ability to eat it. So really, okay. I w- I w- I'm not trying to speak for all vegans. Cause I'm sure that people take this differently. But I would rather someone not ask me. Okay. Good to know. And then just, if you're going to do it, just do just it. Just like, do it. You, really, you asking yeah. is almost you subconsciously having something about. Oh, sure. We're worried okay? about it. Yeah. We're worried about it. Like, but really, you're asking yourself that. Yeah. And you're trying to get validation from someone else. Yep. And from a vegan. So, so we're not going to get it. better just to think about it. Make yeah. the, even if you're still eating meat. Yeah. Make the conscious decision. Like. I feel like the problem is people are unconscious about their decisions and they're just like, they almost need to be unconscious to do it. Mm-hmm. Like make the conscious decision. Like I am going to do this for this reason in all aspects. And then w- the way I would view it is eventually you're going to decide it's not worth it. Yeah. But maybe you don't, but I'm just, I, if I feel like if everyone l- lived that way and mm-hmm. making more conscious decisions, like, we'd be a lot better off in a lot of in a lot of aspects. manners. Yeah, exactly. You touched on something that was an, another question of mine. Um, maybe more of a statement, but how do you deal with living in a world where of like just full frustration? I would imagine it's just full frustration from like the major I I don't know what the percentage of vegans are in America, but I... It's super low in America. I would say Austin's definitely higher. I would say Austin, they haven't done a study or like, I don't really even know how they go about finding those percentages. Yeah. I would say Austin is probably around 5% actual vegans and then another 15% of people that decide, consciously decide to either eat vegan, eat vegetarian, or eat less meat. I would say that group in Austin is probably like 20 to 30% of people that are consciously trying to reduce their impact or whatever by eating less meat or eating less dairy or whatever. Um, 
but yeah that's kind of like the vegan dystopia thing like yeah you you either have to block it out mm-hmm. or be sad angry or a mix of sad and angry all the time okay so, so that's just, just how you ignore, feel all the time you just kind of ignore the rest until it's brought to your attention and like when i first went vegan and this is i think this is the case for a lot of people i was super angry and super sad and i didn't take my social interactions probably in the best way in terms of that like i tried to be crazy activists really fast not having a lot of knowledge yet about what i was an activist for just that i knew that this was a good thing that i need to tell people about or the fact that that's also just kind of difficult to navigate yeah i mean that's not easy especially in texas yeah especially in texas and being a man it's especially hard Hmm. but the way I go about it now is by saying nothing. Yeah. Very often people are curious. Like especially yeah. in Texas where they a lot of people in Texas have never met a vegan or someone huh. that said they were. They've never been friends with one. You know so what? Just being there. Yeah. Just being in a room with them yeah. makes them consciously think about, "Oh, I'm deciding to eat meat," which yeah. is the vegan flip on veganism. Mm-hmm. Veganism like people that that are vegan now call meat eaters carnists and say that people eating meat are the ones making the decision to eat meat. We're not making a decision. We're mm. like, eat, not eating meat is a non-action. Eating meat is the action. Yeah. So therefore, you're choosing to eat meat. You have to have your own decisions behind that. And usually it's just um, habit and yeah. culture and believing that it's the natural thing to do. But in reality, like, um, I guess I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> we were talking about um, but not making the decision to not eat meat, the decision to eat meat. But what was your original question again? My original question was uh, how difficult it must be to live in mm-hmm. a world where... Right. Right. You have to deal so, with people. All right. Like and now that. I was talking about activism. So yeah. basically, all I do now, and it's a lot easier on me, and it forces me to think about things a lot less, which makes it easier because mm-hmm. I've already made the decision. Like, I, I don't need to have all that mental, like, fog of yeah. all the things that, that are going on around me. You can't really at live life like yeah, that. Yeah. I can't live that way. Yeah. So the only thing I do is just my presence makes people more conscious about what they're doing. Yeah. So they're like, oh, I'm choosing to eat meat all of a sudden. Yeah. And then a lot of times, what happens is people either have already had a seed planted at some point or that's the seed planted and they become curious and maybe not the first time they see you, but the second or third time they ask a question. Yeah. And the way I go about it is if they ask a question, they're curious about why I do this. Yeah. Um, that's an opportunity for me. And also I am now the representative of veganism in their eyes. If they've in never met eyes. someone. Yeah. It's the same with like any other group mm-hmm. of people that's a minority in some way, like, you all of a sudden become the representative for your group. Right. If no one has ever Automatically, met without yet. choice, really. Exactly. Yeah. So all of a sudden, I'm taking it very cautiously. Yeah. And when someone asks me a question, I always return with questions. I yeah. never, like, judge them and say this, this, and this. Yeah. I always do two things. I ask them questions. Well, why do you do this? Yeah. How does this make you feel when you do this? Find yeah. out something about them, and then I relate to them. Yeah, say, well, that's this exactly is how, how I was you should too. do it. Yeah. This is how I was too. I did this also. I was like this. And then this cl- and then after you've had the conversation a while, you figured a little more about them. This is what clicked for me. Yeah. 
and they can take that with yeah like, they can do what they will with that yeah information i would say i wouldn't i probably wouldn't listen to your vegan story if i didn't know that you did eat meat right because it's hard you're you're unattainable if you were just straight up a vegan does that make sense like yeah, that's it's, really it's hard yeah. It's so much easier to get a point across when you can relate to the person you're trying to get a right. point across to. Right, right, Which is kind of the point of this podcast. Yeah. Um, tell us about your uh, tell us about your bad trip. Yeah, so again, I think this is probably what made going vegan so not easy for me, but like it clicked for me more. Yeah. So I'll just give a little backstory before I get to that. Yeah. I, like you, was raised Catholic. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. Um, we were never like super strict. I would say my mom out of all her siblings was probably the least strict, but I did go to church until I was probably freshman in high school. And okay. then we kind of did like, uh, like made excuses Holidays. to not go. Uh, yeah. Cause like my dad was never Catholic and he didn't ever really go to church. Um, but like we would always go at Christmas, always go at Easter. Yeah. Like Major I would, holidays. we would still go like, even when we went less, we would still probably go like once every couple months. Mm-hmm. Um, we just weren't a church every Sunday family once I got to like junior high, high school. Yeah. But I was raised Catholic. All my extended family on my mom's side is Catholic. And once I got to college, I started going to church again because I like felt lost. Yeah. So mm-hmm. my roommate was Catholic. So we went to the Catholic church together. I'd always questioned like the teachings yeah so i in college finally my breaking point from that to where i started to look at other things for spirituality was i was in in there and the father said um was talking about gay people and Mm. basically said if you're gay you're going to hell gotcha there was a guy sitting next to me that started bawling and oh i kind of almost regret how i did the situation like how i went around the situation because I don't even know if he got up and left, but I stood up in the middle of the church oh, shit. and left. Oh, room. okay, okay, okay. I like, thought you were gonna like <laughs> no, no, say I didn't, something like, throw anything father, at the like, father. Fuck anything. you! I literally stood up and left, okay. and I never went to church again. I think yeah. I've been a couple times at Christmas for my grandma. I don't do that anymore. Either. Yeah, like I, I don't. The only time I go to church now is for weddings and funerals. Okay. Um, but the reason I say this is that I started looking into like Buddhism. And I started with that and I eventually got to like Hinduism and all this other stuff. So I had this like in the back of my mind. Yeah. Which it becomes relevant after the trip story. That poor, (laughs) that poor guy. That really does hurt. Like that hurts my feelings. Um, And I know that there's this whole new movement of more progressive people in the church that don't agree with that. And even the Pope now is more progressive. Yeah. And the way he goes about like the LGBTQ community. Yeah. So... Anyways, that was a tipping point for me enough to where I like got out of there and started looking at other avenues for Yeah. Cuz I do think everyone needs some kind of spiritual aspect, mystic aspect in their sure. life. Like we yeah. have science, and we have mysticism. Yeah. I, I really think it's good to have a balance of the two. That's mm-hmm. what I um that's the way I live my life. Anyways, also with experimentation in college <laughs> like most people do. Um I never smoked weed in yeah. high school. I never drank in high school either. The first time I drank was my freshman year in college. All right. Um, but I was curious, and I'd, I probably smoked like three times. This was senior. Let's fast forward to the trip day, just so everyone's <laughs> clear. Senior year in college, second semester of senior year, going to visit a friend that used to go to the college I went to that was now at Texas A&M. So we were in College Station. Okay. 
I'd wanted to try edibles for a while. So he's like, yeah, I have a buddy that lives down the street that makes like magic brownies or whatever. That's yeah. what call them. Mm-hmm. And slow pause. <laughs> <laughs> just a little water. Uh, I'll get into this. So I'm going to need some hydration. <laughs> um, so we went to his house and we went and picked these up and he's like, just take half. Like half we, were the sitting, we were playing like video games or something on the couch. He got them and he's like, take half of this. I have no idea about do- like I don't do drugs. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know anything about dosage. I don't know what's in it. Apparently, he, he's half a brownie me is too much. And it's weed. Okay. To this day, I don't know what actually was in it. I'm yeah, because it wasn't just weed. Skeptical. Okay. But right. high doses of edible marijuana. I did tons of research on it. Oh, high okay. doses of edibles can cause you to hallucinate. Okay. But anyways, Whew. took took half of it. Mm-hmm. He's like, you'll feel something in 30 minutes. Well, my friends were going to go out yeah. on the town. Mm-hmm. And you weren't going to go? No, I was going to go with. Oh, okay. Not knowing how this was going <laughs> to affect me. Oh, my God. Luckily, it was like 20 minutes later that we decided to go. Yeah. So as we're walking out, um, as we're walking out for his girlfriend, was he, he wasn't going. Oh. But him and my two friends that were visiting were going to go out. His girlfriend was going to drive us out. Okay. So as we're going out, it starts to hit. And like walking down the stairs, I sit down in the chair in the car and I start melting into the car. <laughs> and I just told her, like, I have to go back inside. Yeah. I got to go back inside. So I go back inside. Um, uh, they're like playing beer pong. Yeah. I guess there was one other of his friends that lives there over. And I just like sat down on the couch. While I'm, I don't remember a lot of what the actual real world thing sure. that was going on. Yeah. Sat on the couch while I'm there. Two more friends come in. Yeah. Uh, I like they're like playing beer pong in the kitchen. I get up, walk over. There's like music playing, and I'm just starting to really feel it. Yeah. And they had a, one of those speakers with like the different colors. Oh. They're like, it was like one of those like whatever. The Bluetooth speakers that had different colors and those Kid Cudi song playing of all things. Nice. And I literally put my face like three inches <laughs> away from the speaker, just like looking into the speaker and bobbling back and forth. Oh god. And like really feeling it. Yeah. Eventually one of his friends says, Yo, what's going on with this guy? <laughs> like, yeah. What's happening? And he's like, Oh, he took one of those brownies. The dude goes, Oh shit. No, he didn't. Which means it wasn't just weed, Phil. And, yeah, probably. <laughs> and he's like, he starts laughing. And he's like, dude, the last time my friend took one of those, oh, no. he was like running through the neighborhood in his underwear. Oh, God. And, uh, and then he's just like laughing. And all of a sudden, it's like they're laughing at me. Yeah. And I'm slowly like, I don't know if you've heard this, but people say when they're super high or like on certain drugs, what if they can see vibrations? Weird. So I could see vibrations. Okay. <laughs> it like everything starts changing different colors and like mm-hmm. the walls start flowing. <laughs> but I could see vibrations and these guys were so dark and like had this certain frequency to them that yeah. I felt like evil almost from oh. them because they were laughing at me and I felt this bad vibe. Yeah. So my friend who took the other half of the brownie, oh, the God. one that gave it to me, took the other half. He's a pothead though. Okay. His tolerance is way higher. Okay. But he was vibrating on the same frequency as me. I was a, physically attracted Weird. to him like a magnet. 
like not sexually attracted, like <laughs> attracted to him like a magnet. Thank you for the clarification. Yeah. So yeah. I was like slowly scooching towards him like, <laughs> more and like the beer punk table was up against the wall. And I was like kind of like going through this real small gap between the table and the wall, like trying oh, to get closer to my him gosh. because I could like see his vibration. And I wanted to be near it. Yeah. Anyways, at some point in here, I end up back in the living room area. Mm-hmm. He has these like scary glow-in-the-dark posters on the wall. I don't know why a stoners put that on the All wall. Right. I think it's terrifying. Okay. But I was, like, looking at them, and they were, like, waving and changing oh, colors God. and That's all this. That's why you put them up. <laughs> yeah. <but laughs> anyways, as this is happening, I start getting <laughs> super paranoid, as you can yeah. imagine. Yeah. Like, people are laughing at me. You got glow-in-the-dark stickers floating at you. posters on the wall. And what people that haven't hallucinated or tripped before don't mm-hmm. maybe not realize is time ceases to exist sure there is no timeline i don't know what order this was actually happening in okay and these laughs were happening at the same time to me as everything else and constant throughout it because there was no sense of time Mm -hmm. so eventually his like dog walks into the living room and i just like go to hug his dog yeah and his dog like i guess kind of like freaked out a little bit because i was like squeezing his dog his dog like yipped at me yeah and then I just really started tornadoing down. Oh, God. Um, and again, I always get ahead of myself in this story. So somewhere in this time, his girlfriend gets back from dropping the friends off at the bar. Yeah. And she sits down next to me and I'm like, can I get a pencil and paper? Like yeah. when it first started hitting me because I was yeah. like feeling creative, I guess. Yeah, I guess. And I was going to draw. <laughs> but when she handed me the paper, I just started writing. Yeah, unintentionally. Yeah, I just started writing. And okay. like what happens when you're, when you're, when this is happening in your brain is you get these flows of thoughts. Like people always have ideas when they're high, but yeah. they're terrible ideas. Uh-huh. Your brain just flows and you can't go okay. back. Like oh, it's just oh one, I see what you're saying. It's just a linear thought pattern. Once it's Once the thought happens, it happens and you can't yeah, rethink it. It's just it. like a flowing thought and gotcha. you can't go backwards. So I was writing it down. Okay. So my brain's flowing, and I still have the piece of paper that oh, I wrote down. Oh, that's fucking on, freaky. And my my fonts were getting smaller and bigger, and like oh, getting crazy man. and then tiny. But anyways, what I wrote down was, she's sitting next to me. She's judging me. Like I can feel her eyes piercing through the side of my skull. Oh god. Like I feel bad vibrations from her. Uh huh. Like I write, and she's reading over my she's shoulder. She's reading, reading it. That. Yeah. And like looking all concerned. And I think this was in between me going to the couch sure but like this is all happening and like it's all just like piling up mm-hmm. her energy their energy the posters on the wall the dog yipping at me it's piling up yeah i start like hyperventilating yeah and i'll be like i can't breathe guys i can't i'm almost yeah, like, like telling a panic the group of people like in real life like i can't breathe i need yeah. to go to the hospital i can't breathe and like, is it a I, panic attack yeah okay sure. yeah and when i would breathe in yeah. Everything was like normal. Like when I'd get a big breath in of oxygen, yeah. everything looked normal. When I'd breathe out, everything would go into this flowy green walls are scary. moving. Yeah, yeah. Scary thing. So everybody's laughing at me, of course. Right. <laughs> and my friend who was also took the other half. Yeah. Walked me outside, got me water. Like Oh, he me. was fine. Yeah, he was totally fine. Oh, wow. He was just like a giggly, like sure. I smoked a joint. Fine. Walks me outside, like gives me water. Yeah. 
talks to me for a second. He's like, I'm going to go back inside. He goes back inside. Oh, no. He then, leaves like, you outside. five minutes late. I don't know how much time. But, like, yeah. shortly after, I'm, like, knocking on the door, like, come back out here. I need you. I feel like yeah. I'm going to die. All yeah. this. He comes back outside again and then goes back inside again. When he goes back inside the second time, this whole thought pattern starts in my head. Oh my Sitting God. on the balcony. I'm, like, tripping out. And this whole thought p- pattern happens where I'm like, what if everyone ever had this time when they tried drugs and the good people in the world or the people that resisted it and the bad people in the world are the ones that gave in to let the drugs take them and stopped being paranoid and whatever and just gave into the drug because I felt like I was fighting the experience. Okay. Oh, okay. So I was like, okay, who in my life do I think's done drugs and did them and who in my life hasn't and it was almost like a hell in heaven type of thing yeah and it was like so if i resist i'll go to heaven if i if i eventually oh and if i don't i'm going to hell and like this happened in my brain and i was trying to figure out like this friend did this this parent did this yeah who's on which side which side's good which side's bad yeah and like in me fighting it yeah i just passed out okay head hit the concrete oh passed out yeah and then the next part of the story is going to be weird because I'm going to be telling you what was happening in real life and what was happening in my brain or yeah. in my soul or whatever you want to call it. Sure. So in real life, open the door, sprinted through the door, through the party, <laughs> head first into a metal door that was opening to the oh, apartment. Oh, God. Found out later I dented the door with my head. Dang. I fell back from that. Yeah. Most of this is from recollection from my friend who told me what happened. Right sprinted into his guest bedroom yeah picked up his flat screen tv threw it on the ground broke it oh god went to the shelves started throwing everything off the shelves oh no i remember some of this some of this he told me yeah in my head what happened my head hit the floor yeah i screamed on the top of my lungs Uh uh-huh in my brain i'm thinking this is what happens when you die like i overdosed on whatever it was i'm dead shit when you die you scream but nobody can hear it yeah. This is oh, what's going God. on in my head. It's like you scream everything out, but nobody can hear it. I'm dead now. Yeah. You you truly thought that you were dead. 100%. Oh, okay. At this point, I'm dead in my head. Yeah. Yeah. And screamed to the top of my lungs, ran into the room, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm dead, but I'm <laughs> Yeah. I'm sorry. Also, it's crazy. somewhere it's in like... there, I projectile vomited across okay. everyone in the party. Oh, Don't God. know if this was after, before running oh, into the room. You've got some good friends. I didn't remember that part. My friend told me I did that. Oh, man. So in my head, all of a sudden, I'm spiraling down. I know that I've, I'm going to hell. Okay. Why Why? Why I, did you think? I was spiraling down. It was darkness. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, You're on your way to hell. What was happening was I was experiencing myself eat my own body and uh, feeling all the pain of that. So it was like, it was like a snake eating its tail. I started eating my hand, ate my oh, arm, my. ate through my legs, like... All the way till all that was left was like a crumpled up hand. Um, you can't see this on the, <laughs> but I'm doing it with my hand. He's making a claw right now. It's pretty So freaky. all of it was leading up to this. And I was like, but what did I do in my yeah. life that made me deserve this? And what was really happening was like all this guilt that I felt mm-hmm. from my Catholic upbringing. Like what people that are no longer Catholic, maybe some people that are, mm-hmm. call it Catholic guilt. It's like mm. ev- you were never good enough. You always had to prove yourself to earn heaven. And mm. like 
everything you did was like a sin that you need to be forgiven for every week by going to confession. Yeah. And like I had all this guilt built up from that and it was like create like it was becoming real in this trip. Yeah. So I was like, what actually did I do that did this? Yeah. And like without getting too much into detail, I my brain picked having sex before marriage. Okay. And I was like, That's oh, what's gonna send you to hell. Yeah. Gotcha. So like that's why I'm going to hell. And yeah. I was like, it was like, I don't understand like how how, how is that the a bad thing work this way yeah whatever yeah and i'm like spiraling into this so like as i'm going down getting sucked into hell all of a sudden my friend in real life back to real life okay my friend like picks me up pulls yeah. me back to the kitchen hands me a bottle of water again he had yeah. already kicked everyone out oh out of the yeah party, sent them home this is not going only well, his obviously. girlfriend's locked in the room it's oh, just me and him shit. he's the only person i felt comfortable with there and he knew that. And apparently he's, he, I still haven't talked to him about this. What? Because he doesn't live where I live. But apparently okay. he's gone through walking people out of bad trips before. Okay. So uh, he was saying the same thing over and over again. Uh-huh. He would go, love, moms, water bottle. Love, love moms, water moms, bottle. Moms, water bottle. Okay. He just kept saying it over and over again. And I just felt better. And like I would, what (laughs) What what was happening in my head? Okay, it was a hand reaching down from the light. Oh my gosh! Into where I am, I grabbed it. Yeah, this is my hope. Like, oh, maybe there's a chance out. Oh my gosh! In my head is all of a sudden maybe I'm in limbo. Yeah, and I like there's still a chance Mm -hmm. if I can figure out what lessons I was supposed to learn in life. Yeah, I can get out of this, and I still have a chance to go to heaven or whatever. Yeah. And so my friend was like reaching down up and it was like almost like that painting. Yeah. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. So like God, like reaching down or whatever. It was almost like that. Gosh, dang it. Why can't, what is it? Michael And all of a sudden I'm floating in and out of real life and like me trying to get out of this hell. Yeah. Right. What my opportunity is. And he just kept saying love mom's water bottle. So I was like, that's it. He's my guide. To getting into heaven the last person i saw on earth i was assuming that's your guide okay like that's the first person you see it's like you're still in the place that you died it's like a slow transition type of thing into right. heaven is what i assumed okay and so he's reaching down like pulling me out and saying love mom's water bottle yeah and like the water bottle thing was really just like a comedic sure thing to like get me lighten me up and um so i was like and he would just say like breathe breathe and whenever i would breathe i could see the real life and when i didn't breathe i stopped i would stop breathing for like oh wow 20 seconds at a time oh and wow drift back into this I'm, bad trip yeah well as you I were started, you were literally not breathing yeah okay yeah and then he would just be like breathe yeah breathe. and when i breathe i'd come back a little bit and when i every time i came back i kept staring at the light the light bulb the light bulb in the kitchen and i'm thinking like love and light like this is what i was supposed to learn in life yeah and then i was like who did i love the most in my life my mom yeah so it's like (laughs) sorry i was just in michigan (laughs) (laughs) i heard so many people saying mom Uh, (laughs) i just picked it up a little bit (laughs) uh anyways i was like my mom was the one i loved the most (laughs) yeah so I'm like figuring this out, like, oh, mm-hmm. this is what I was. And when I would figure it out, I'd kind of get out of it. 
Yeah. And as I'm figuring this out, I'm like, oh, so there's an opportunity I go, I go to heaven. Yeah. Is heaven eternal rest or is it everything you love most in life accessible to you forever? Like, Say that one more time. Is heaven eternal rest, like yeah. some people believe, uh-huh. or is it everything you ever loved in life, like the perfect human experience? Yeah. Is that heaven? Okay. Because that's kind of a branch of thought that's, I don't even know if that's defined in Christianity, exactly uh, what heaven is. It is. Okay. It is. But Without getting into that, I didn't know. We're not getting into that, but also yeah. you are kind of touching on it. Yeah. Okay. So, but go So, on. when I had all this thing, these thoughts of like, oh, I hope heaven is this, this, and this. Yeah. And I would think about like greed, money, mm-hmm. sex, yeah. all these things. Yeah. Whenever I would think about those, I would drift back into the darkness. Yeah. And then when I'd be like, oh, you know, I would learn lessons while I was doing this. No, yeah. it's about love and light. Yeah. I don't like those things were like des- okay. desires. Yeah. Yeah. And I need to like realize that those aren't important. Yeah. And like really, I thought, fi- anyways, speed it up a little bit. No, I finally I've- got to a point where I was like, okay, I'm okay with it being rest. Okay. I'm Heaven okay. being like, rest. Like, because at the same time, my friend's saying, just go to sleep. Okay. Like, just okay. relax, breathe, yeah. go to sleep. Gotcha. And he's my guide. Yeah. So I'm yeah, thinking yeah. he's telling me it's Guide sleep. air quotes. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'm fine with it being sleep. Sure. Like, if that's what heaven is, it's obviously better than the bad yeah. place. Yeah. I'm fine with Clearly. it being sleep. As I grew fine with that, yeah, I com- pretty much completely got out of the darkness at this point. Okay. My two friends had come back. Mm-hmm. from the bar he had called them and said hey phil's going crazy <laughs> come back yeah and i ended up in the bathroom i guess i was throwing up again or something <laughs> but they come back and i'm still like contemplating love like i feel like i haven't made it yet i'm out of yeah. the darkness but i haven't like completely figured it out yet sure so they come back and they start talking like this was right before spring break they start my friend comes in like acting goofy he's like trying to make me laugh he's he doesn't dancing. know he knows that I'm tripping, yeah, but, but he, he doesn't, doesn't know all that's happening. He doesn't understand what level you're on yeah, right now. Yeah, and he's just trying to, like, make me happy. Sure. So I'm getting out of the trip somewhat, and they're just trying to cheer me up. And all of a sudden, I'm like, this is it. I'm in heaven. Like, it's oh, my friends coming back. Oh, okay. They're like, I was like, I kept going, like, is my mom going to be here? Is my yeah. mom going to be here over and over? Because he was saying it, and I was thinking, like, if it's heaven, my mom's got to be here. Like, seriously. Yeah, for sure. And I'm like, is my mom? And they're like, yeah, your mom's going to be here. All your friends are going to be here. Yeah. And they're like, we're going to spring break in a couple weeks. Like, everything's going to be good. Yeah. Everything's great. Like, I'm like, so is everyone going to be here? Like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, so we're going to have a party? And they're like, yeah. They were just going <laughs> along with what I said. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, so all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, so it's everyone's going to welcome me to heaven. Yeah. And I was like figuring out like, oh, like it is just about love and light. I figured it out. Like that's what your focus in life should be. Like all these other things that were pulling me back to the darkness, I realize are bad and I realize why they're bad now. And I get to this point where like, I feel like I don't need someone else to tell me that. I don't need a book. I don't need a teacher to tell me this. I know. I've experienced it now. You don't need religion to tell you what. Correct. Okay. And like. But I'm in heaven now, so mm. Christianity's right or whatever. Yeah, like Christian Christians do are right. Okay. I'm, in, uh, well, heaven I'm in heaven. Yeah. So they go and put me to sleep, and then I'm like, 
So at this point, I'm like, oh, yes, heaven is a party. Oh. Uh, all my friends are coming. Like, it's, Mom's it's gonna the good, be there. it's the heaven everybody wants. Yeah. It's like the fun heaven. Yeah. Then they go and like, all right, let's go to sleep. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. Oh, no. It is the bad. Or it is not the bad, but it is the, the sleep. The boring one. And at this point, I'm like, okay, it's fine. They got in You're bed with me at like, first. Oh, like, they laid did. down next to me and were talking to me still. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, so it's sleep, but everyone else is sleeping next to me. Yeah. It's going to be better. Then okay. they get out of bed to leave oh, me. No. Oh, and I'm no. like, oh, no. so oh, it no. is. Oh, no. So it is like eternal rest by yourself. And that's all it is. And then I'm like, okay, I accept it. And I went to sleep. Oh. Woke up the next morning. Yeah. You can imagine. I don't know where I'm at. I don't know if I'm in hell. I don't know if I'm in heaven. I don't know yeah. if this is real life. I just walk into the living room, grab my friends. I said, pack all your stuff right now. I need to get out of this room. Like I need, I didn't look at all the, I didn't see all the damage around me, anything. Just got you up woke and up I was and like, you still felt terrible though. Well, I, I just felt like different, just okay. fundamentally different. And I felt like if I'm awake now, I either got a second chance okay, or I'm dead. And yeah. this is some kind of purgatory or something. You literally, when you woke up, you didn't I know. I was dead. You didn't know. Yeah. Correct. Oh, wow. So th- yeah, I'm like, I feel bad vibes in this place. Like, I want to get out of this place. Pack your stuff as quick as possible. Yeah. And then I told him to pack and I went and sat in the hallway. Yeah, you, My friend you were done with it. had got up at this point. I haven't said his name yet, but Eddie. Okay. He's getting married next month. I'm going to the wedding. You're going to his wedding. I'm so excited. That's I'm awesome. I'm going to finally talk to him about this. Hopefully I get a chance to. Y'all Anyways, haven't talked about this? N- not in depth. I still haven't got a chance to talk. This was Phil. three years ago. Okay. Maybe not um, on his wedding. Maybe. <laughs> but <laughs> also definitely maybe. talk to him. Okay. Uh, maybe the next day. I don't know. But... <laughs> Um, got out in the hallway. He came out. He was like, dude, you broke this. You broke this. Don't worry about it. Like this. I know this is partially my fault. Like, cause he gave, he gave it to me, brownie. but I was just like, thank you. Like for all he did during it. Yeah. Cause when I died, I didn't say this, but when I died, I thought he had killed me. I was like, Oh, oh. Eddie killed me. Oh God. But, but like, then you like woke after, up and realized when I woke he up and he was guiding me to heaven. I was like, yeah. okay. I felt differently. Whatever. Okay. So when I woke up, I was just like, thank you. Bye. I got to get out of here. So I gave him a hug, left. Yeah. The next two weeks were surreal. Yeah. I thought I was dead for the next two weeks. Like 90%. Yeah. I thought I was in purgatory or something. To this day, obviously, I don't think I'm in purgatory. <laughs> but like, I would say 5% of my brain is like, you might have died. Yeah. Who knows how the universe works? Yeah. Do we have multiple lives. Do we have multiple universes? Mm-hmm. Is heaven, earth, is earth, like earth, You're heaven. not fully on like, like an we earthly don't, thing. Our, our brains aren't capable of knowing all truths. It, sure. So 5% of me is still like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, this whole experience fundamentally shifted the way I saw life. I appreciated life more. It was like a near-death experience. It was a death experience. Yeah. A lot of people say their life dramatically changes after a near-death experience. Yeah. They treat people better, whatever. Yeah. And that was March 2015. Yeah. Um, I really started looking into, like, meditation, mm-hmm. uh, like, spirituality, all these things. Yeah. Fast forward four months and graduated from college. Yeah. I, like have a super stressful job i go and get a massage 
because like I can afford it now. I have a good job. Yeah. It's super stressful. I'm gonna get a massage. Yeah. I've been looking up meditation, third eye, all this yeah. chakras, all this stuff. I've been, just been trying to educate myself on Eastern philosophy. Yeah. While I'm getting a massage, I'm like, I'm gonna try to meditate. Oh, bad idea. Yeah. So oh I God. got okay. super deep into meditation, which oh no. finding out later, not a good thing if you're not experienced. Do you fart when you meditate? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Great question. No <laughs> anyway. But I got super into a meditation. I went on this yeah. great journey. Okay. Like just flowing through hills, clouds, different colors. It was so cool. Yeah. Got up out after the meditation or like after the meditation, after the massage. Mm-hmm. And I just felt airy. Like I felt like I was yeah. floating everywhere. Yeah. And it kind of felt uncomfortable. Like I felt like I couldn't relate to earth. Yeah. Went home, tried to go to sleep. I couldn't sleep. Yeah. Because I just felt like I wasn't, air quotes, grounded. Yeah. Not even knowing that that's a thing in spiritual terms. Yeah. Googled it. Yeah. Two o'clock in the morning, Googled it because I couldn't sleep. Found like some grounding ceremony. Yeah. Of like, go outside, look up at the sky, pretend your feet, like standing grass, pretend your feet are roots growing down into the earth. Like you're regrounding yourself. Multiple people experience this. It's on Google. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's like the whole Reddit thing of like how to ground yourself. People saying it works. All this. Okay. Go outside. Do it. Yeah. I'm outside in the middle of this apartment complex pretending to be a tree at two o'clock in the morning. All right. You got to do what you got to (laughs) do. Got to do it. Yeah. And it works. Yeah. And all of a sudden I'm like, there's something. Because I was super skeptical about all of what I was researching. I was like, there's something to this. Meditation. Eastern philosophy whatever hinduism buddhism there's something to this all yeah. of a sudden and i was tracing it back to that trip and going that trip was really just a manifestation of my guilt from being raised catholic and like what was actually in my subconscious and yeah. i felt like that got it all out i got okay. rid of that guilt yeah i realized what i needed to learn from that trip mm-hmm. and i was like i'm gonna get into this so i'm gonna live a more compassionate more conscious life yeah like through these experiences yeah this was like that that experience was like a month before i watched cowspiracy oh dang that's when it all culminated yeah together and clicked i actually had an instagram post or something two days before i watched that documentary Mm -hmm. and i said from like this marks the change in my life like i'm going to do things differently i'm no longer going to live in fear and regret I'm yeah. gonna live my life in love. I love it. And then I saw that documentary, went vegan, yeah, shifted my consciousness. Yeah. Um, I got a necklace that said "Step Forward," mm-hmm. which is now tattooed on my arm. Yeah. And it was from a quote that said, "In any given situation, we have two options: to step backwards into comfort or step forwards into growth." And after seeing that and these experiences happening all around the same time, I decided, like, from now on. Yeah, I'm forward. going to step forward into growth at every opportunity. Yeah. And also in this time of figuring out love and like at some point I figured out that there's this duality in the universe between mm-hmm. love and fear. Sure. And every choice we make in life mm-hmm. is either based in love or fear. Totally. Like totally. A, a couple of examples like the way I kind of saw it back then again super shy kid is like I want to go talk to this girl that I'm interested in. Yeah. So if I'm choosing love, it's like uh, there's an opportunity for something great. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to go do it. Yeah. Fear, I'm going to step back into comfort, do what I've always done. Yeah, Look not at talk it to her. In yeah. another situation, like 
there's someone I can help on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. They could be tricking me. I'm fearful that it's a scam. Right. So I'm not going to help them. Yeah. Or you choose love and say, I'm going to trust that this person needs help and I'm going to choose love and go help them. Right. I believe, I don't believe, I live my life as if there's two choices in every situation. You can choose fear. You can choose love. And like this necklace now that I have, which mm-hmm. will be the tattoo that goes on my other arm. Nice. Um, says choose love. I love it. So that's how like I live my life now. Yeah. Is everything is choose love. And that didn't start with veganism, but veganism really opened myself up to learning about other people's experiences. Yeah. Not judging people for what they do with their life and yeah. trying to understand them. Yeah. And just making conscious choices in life and being more compassionate and choosing love yeah yeah um i think that's really cool i uh that sounded so freaking casual i really mean that um when i so i don't know i don't really remember like the time frame for everything but i remember meeting you and you spoke about ego and pride and basically you don't have that not that i i hope i didn't say i don't have it you didn't hopefully it's that my my viewpoint is that ego is fear yeah and we live in our egos for the most part and the spiritual journey is releasing the ego and becoming love yeah that's the way i see it yeah so not that i don't have my goal is to not have an ego well, I think you do. But really, to to function in our society, you have to have somewhat of an ego. Yeah. Otherwise, you can't do anything like. Yeah. The way our society works. Right. But really, the goal is to to shrink the ego as much as possible in order to have more room for love and compassion. Yeah. So if you didn't say it that way, but you've you've spoken to me about it, mm-hmm. um, kind of like that. And I remember when we first started working together, um you would talk about that and I feel you live out life that way in a non-prideful way. Um, And I just remember being like, I want to be like that, but I don't know how to go about it. Mm -hmm. I also don't understand where it stems from. Like, this is a long journey, blah, blah, blah. I started doing 12 step, didn't understand what my fears were until, until I did like uh, the step where you're, you tell someone else your inventory. And she basically was just like, called me out on my shit and I realized that like my whole problem is pride but it's been like a stirring in my heart to like fix it right mm-hmm. so it was just just this culmination of things um anyways I guess I'm just saying like thank you for being like that because yeah. it's really cool having that around as an example mm-hmm. um because living life prideful is hard and when you get to the point where you don't live in fear and you live with love and you aren't prideful, life is a lot easier. Yeah. Um, that that is true, but it's really hard to get there. Um, I wanted to say something else. Um, your the things that you experienced when you were on your trip and you were talking about heaven and hell. Mm-hmm. There's this book called Imagine Heaven, and it's people's near death experiences where according to them they do go to heaven and experience that um but they according to them come back to life come back to earth yeah so they didn't they don't actually die um and it's honestly really similar the things that you learned are really similar 
I don't necessarily um, recommend the book, but if you're curious, it's called Imagine Heaven, and it's interesting. So, I do believe we all we're all um, just a product of our life experiences. Yeah. Um, and like, no matter what, like you, to some extent, are just a product of your life. That's all you are. Sure. Um, and from that experience, because I knew about that before, like the near death experience, the near death experience, like people yeah. go to heaven. Yeah. And since I've been there, <laughs> yeah, I realize that it is a manifestation of your thoughts, of your subconscious. Mm-hmm. That's the way. I mean, that's again, how you feel. My perception of yep. the situation was it was a manifestation of the way I viewed mm-hmm. heaven and hell from my upbringing. Yeah. And that's that's what it was. Sure, for you. Like, I didn't, for me, yeah, I didn't yeah. go to heaven. Yeah. I experienced visually and feeling what was going on internally, yeah. like a full sensational dream, almost. Yeah. Which I think is what psychedelics do. Like, you go on a trip, sure. but really all of that information is inside of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. But yeah, who's yeah, to sense. say heaven isn't inside of you, so... Sure. Again, there's these things in life and spirituality isn't about spirituality isn't to me isn't about trying to figure everything out or like knowing the truth. I don't think you can know the truth. Yeah. It's about inner peace and finding out about yourself and growing closer to what I refer to as like the universal consciousness, which some people call God. Yeah. And I think that we're all the universe experiencing this little fragment of earth through Philip, through Maria. Yeah. Some people call that God. Like, sure. I think language is a very limiting thing. Right. Right. For our, right. For our species. Mm-hmm. And like, just for the sake of this, call it God. Like yeah. God is inside of all of us. Yep. We are God. Our egos and like, depending on how you look at it, like our egos are shielding us, our creating this illusion that we aren't God, Mm -hmm. but we are all God experiencing the world through this timeline of ourselves. Sure. Yeah. So I don't believe that. You don't believe it, but you just said it. I try not to believe. Right. My, my mantra now is I don't believe anything because it opens myself to understanding people in a more meaningful way. Okay. And that their truth could be the truth. Sure. Yeah. And my truth could be the truth. And I don't have to judge them for that because who knows what's true. If you can't prove it wrong, like you shouldn't be going around telling people they're wrong. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know. So let people believe what they want to believe to live the richest, fullest life that they can. Yeah. And for me to do that is to believe nothing, but just I kind of follow or practice a certain belief system in yeah. a way yeah for that period of my life but it's ever changing yeah okay. so i don't ever i don't want to say i believe in something because i feel like that immediately limits my life experiences gotcha but i would adhere to the viewpoint yeah that god is in all of us and we are god right i love it i don't even know what the question was at that point but i don't know if there was one it was more of a commentary <laughs> but um there was a lot of other things that we wanted to talk about, but I think yeah, I think it's been pretty long. So. It's it it's been a good amount, and I I think we've like 
we just hit on a good note. Mm-hmm. So thanks a lot, Phil. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Like I was pretty nervous. Were you? Like this, I have my own podcast, of course. But yeah. I was pretty nervous about going on someone else's podcast because I have to talk about myself the whole time. Where That's usually funny. I just ask people questions. And I think you'll feel the same way whenever you go on a podcast for the first time. As yeah, I'm sure you I haven't thought but about that. It's also really easy to tell your story because who, who knows it better than you? So, True that. And even though, like Connor said yesterday, that not everyone has a story. I strongly everyone disagree. Has everyone a has a story and everyone has something really important to not only tell the world, but everyone can be a teacher for you. And Absolutely. You should look for that. And you should look at everyone as if they're God. Yeah. And trying look to teach for a lesson. Something. Yep. Absolutely. Um, so I do think everyone has a story that's worthy of being told. Yeah. And yeah, I was a little nervous, but I don't really know why because I thought. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's that good. You let me talk on your podcast for what was probably no, a it's a time. no, it's a perfect amount of time. Um, for those of you who listened to the last podcast with Dimitri, the conversation was the topic was racism. We gave Phil the fixer a shout out. This is Phil. Um, actually, before we started this podcast, um, I had to ask him for his last name, even though I know it, but I forgot because. We all just say Phil the Fixer. <laughs> yeah. Something happened at work um, probably like a month into me starting the podcast where everyone just referred to me as Phil the Fixer. Nice. Which I'm not mad at because, you know, all advertising is good, right? Yeah, exactly. We can, so you can Google Phil the Fixer. You're at the website, PhilTheFixer.org. Yep. You're the first one that pops up. Mm-hmm. You're on Instagram. You have your own podcast, and we can find that. You can go to Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. It's just Phil the Fixer Podcast at Phil the Fixer on Instagram. If you still use Facebook, Phil the Fixer on Facebook. Yeah. Um, it's all over the place. My podcast is loosely um, based on like sustainable uh, sustainability in the built environment. Yeah. So that includes like green buildings, like what we worked with. With the last company treehouse yeah and renewable energy and living sustainably kind of like all encompassing like sustainability in the built environment which is like human human environment yeah and um, each podcast is a different topic and it's super uh, so <laughs> well okay maybe not well i know i feel like you hit on a lot of different things like on each yeah. episode and it's super helpful to watch you can watch i guess yeah, so I upload all of my the full podcast to YouTube, um, right. and I do I try to do some like creative editing. So like, if you're gonna sit down, and they're pretty funny. It's it's <laughs> kind of good to passively watch while you listen to. It. Like, if you're cooking, yeah. throw the video on because if you look at it every once in a while, there's gonna be some there's funny, funny editing in it, yeah. which is what I try to do. Um, there is funny editing on it. I was cracking up when uh, I rewatched the Connor, you yeah. and Connor. And the editing that you uh, got, it's yeah. funny. So really, I got into that because I I'm, I'm, would call myself somewhat of like videographer. I make videos. I'm going to get into that more. But I wanted to keep practicing my video editing by doing videos for the podcast. And um, yeah, so but, but my podcast started out with topics. I'm kind of experimenting with mm-hmm. format. Sure. Really, like I've had a couple where it was group format. Mm-hmm. Had a couple just on a topic. I'm probably going to at some point interview someone, just get their story about how they've impacted the sustainability in the built environment. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I'm trying to just keep it somewhat open and creative. Like I'm just trying to 
give myself as much creative freedom as possible because that's why I started it yeah. in the first place. So. Well, and as a as like a listener or someone who's watching, it's super informative. Like yes. I learned so many ways to better get better gas mileage on my vehicle. Yeah. And he doesn't know this, but I did rewatch it and I totally like when I park, I try and like pull through all the way. Also, <laughs> he just harps on me for doing that. So it's kind of like, yeah. okay, I'll, I got to do it. Like just tons of different things that you yeah. can learn. So anyways, it's really cool. Thanks. So look up Bill the Fixer. Yes, please do. <laughs> See y'all later.